0: This is Peter and Tricia welcoming you today to Great News and God's Views, a half-hour weekly broadcast on Free fm 89.0, independent community media. We can be contacted by email at greatnews376 at gmail.com. That is greatnews376 at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Today's worship theme, In Christ's power we can overcome any obstacle or opposition. Heroes needed. Brothers and sisters, join in imitating me and observe those who live according to the example you have in us. Charles Barkley made himself famous by declaring he was not a role model for children. Parents should be role models, and I'm not your parent, he said. Well, who are your role models? Who are your heroes? The man had organized community action volunteers all over the Southwest. He was meeting with another group of Christian volunteers and asked two questions. Who are your heroes and who are your enemies? He told them Jesus could not be used as an answer. An interesting pair of questions. Who do you want to be like and who are your enemies? These Christian volunteers had a horrible time with both questions. Most of the volunteers could name somebody whom they admired, but they refused to name anybody as an enemy. Paul has no trouble with either one. You ought to be imitators of me and those who are living like I am living, and your enemies are those who are enemies of the cross. We read from... Philippians three seventeen, Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk so as ye have us for an example. For many walk of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ, whose endless destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the workings whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Therefore, my brethren dearly beloved, and longed for, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. We learn to walk with Christ as we imitate the heroes. Living in faith is not living by a rule book, it's catching the spirit, the flavor, the quality of life of another Christian. That's why the church lives by the spoken word, the lived life of fellow believers who walk with Christ. That is one reason each community of faith needs a few old saints. The Christian faith is not done by the numbers, it's an attitude that is caught. The way artists want to paint alongside a great artist to catch the energy and the spirit of the Master. Don't tell young Christians how to live. Tell them who to copy. Show them one who has been walking in the steps of Jesus for a lifetime and say, do it like she does. Copy the way he has struggled in his life. Watch out for the enemies. There are enemies of the cross. There are those who will try to tell you that nothing is really important enough to... Undergo sacrifice. There are those who would say that God wants everyone to be happy and prosperous, and any talk of a cross is a setback for God's goodness. Why all this talk about sin and confession and repentance? Be positive. You're a child of God, and you were meant for wonderful things. Many years ago, there was a very popular book called I'm OK, You're OK. One of the Christian saints suggested what Jesus might say from the cross to that notion, if everyone is okay, what am I doing up here? One of the greatest enemies of the cross is our fascination and preoccupation with material possessions, the things of this earth. For some, it's what we will eat and what we will wear and what we will drive and where we will holiday. And the list goes on of the things that can be enemies of the cross of Jesus. Christian people need to encourage one another to have Christian heroes. Young Christian disciples need to be encouraged to get to know the saints of a church and to listen to them. And we need to stop pretending that we do not have enemies. There are enemies of the cross and we need to identify them so we can do as Jesus tells us and love them. Jesus says love your enemies and pray for them. How are we going to follow those instructions if we do not admit that we have enemies and opposition? Paul says, copy me. The principle is still valid. There's always some gentle, faithful saint within your Christian community you can copy. (laughs) Find your heroes and know your enemies. If we can identify what we want to become, and know who we do not want to look like. It strengthens us for the long journey to the joy and grace of God's kingdom. You are listening to Great News and God's Views on Free FM 89.0, independent community media. Our first music today, Jesus, the Name Above All Names by Charles Wesley. Younger brother of John Wesley, both were Anglican clergymen who became founders of the Oxford Methodist Movement, And John went on to be a founder of the Wesleyan Methodist movement, but Charles spent most of his life working in London. He published over 6,000 hymns, amongst which were Christ the Lord is Risen Today, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Love Divine, All Loves Excelling, Soldiers of Christ Arise, and the one we play now, Jesus the Name Above All Names. Have just found out What you always wanted to know Why do fingernails When nibbled or torn Tend to tear across the nail Rather than downwards Towards the nail bed Well by analysing nails Under the electron microscope The reason became clear Nails are made of three layers Containing the protein keratin The keratin fibres Have a specific arrangement That prevents breaks From running down the nail And also gives the nail Tremendous strength Without this arrangement According to one of the researchers Every tear would damage Our nail bed Inflicting great pain and incurring infection. A similar pattern is seen in horses' hooves, which is just as well, because if cracks were to run upwards instead of across in a horse's hoof, it could lead to infection, lameness and death. How could anyone say that this crucial design feature of hooves and fingernails has come about by accident? The evidence surely shouts designer.
1: To find out more from Creation Ministries International, visit our website, creation.com.
0: You are listening to Great News and God's Views on Free FM 89.0, independent community media. Sir Arthur Seymour Sullivan, born in 1842, was famous for his association with W.S. Gilbert and the Savoy Operettas, such as the Mikado and Paris of Penzance. He preferred to be known for his classical music and the music to hymns written by many contemporary authors. Among these many hymns are Lead Kindly Light, Nearer, my God, to thee, and the one we play now, Onward, Christian Soldiers. You are listening to Great News and God's Views on Free FM eighty nine point zero Independent Community Media. Blessed opposition. Recently, I heard about a congregation where, at the conclusion of a hymn, a young man jumped to his feet and shouted at the people, "You don't mean a word of it! You sang all to Jesus. I surrender. Where He leads me, I will follow. Jesus, I my cross have taken." How many of us have done or would really do that? The congregation sat stunned under the impact of his words. The question haunted the people as they sat in the pew, speechless, even after they realised the outburst was a pre-planned part of the youth sponsor's special service. Do we really want to follow where Christ leads? Have we surrendered all to Jesus? Have we taken up the cross as our own? Those are tough questions but they're not to be avoided if we intend to take Jesus Christ seriously. He never suggested that we would be content with spare time or spare energy or spare changes of his followers. He set no limits on the loyalty he expected, no constraints on the commitment he required. He not only insisted that his followers be distinctive in their devotion to him, he also told them they should expect to suffer for that devotion. We read from Luke, chapter 13, beginning at verse 31. The same day there came certain of the Pharisees, saying unto him, Get thee out and depart hence, for Herod will kill thee. And he said unto them, Go ye and tell that fox, Behold, I cast out devils, and I do cures today and tomorrow, and the third day I shall be perfected. Nevertheless, I must walk today and tomorrow and the day following, for it cannot be that a prophet perish out of Jerusalem. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, which killedest the prophets, and stonest them that are sent into thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, as a hen doth gather her brood under her wings, and ye would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate, and verily I say unto you, ye shall not see me until the time come, when ye shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. As the ministry of Jesus neared its climax, he traveled to Jerusalem, teaching and healing along the way. The disciples knew that Jesus was heading for trouble. He was about to intrude on the center of Jewish political and religious establishment. Others were concerned as well. Some Pharisees came to warn him. Pharisees were often opponents of Jesus. They were rigidly righteous, and by their standards, Jesus looked like a spiritual slouch. "'inattentive to the finer points of the Mosaic law. "'But apparently not all the Pharisees had it in for Jesus. "'A few of them came to warn him that the King Herod wanted him dead. "'Turn back,' they urged. "'Maybe you've heard warnings like this at one time or another. "'Perhaps you didn't like the way people on the bottom rung of the company you worked for are treated. "'You saw that the working conditions are poor, they're underpaid, "'they're not dealt with respectfully by certain supervisors.' You were about to take the matter to top management, but more experienced voices in the company said, turn back. Or maybe where you work, some product that is being made isn't reliable or safe. But they hid the truth because its correction was too costly or convenient. You begin to speak up, but some warned, turn back. Or maybe you're at school and you see just how rotten some students are treated. Maybe they don't dress as nicely or look a little strange, or tend to be awkward or tongue-tied. So they get teased a lot, never included. You decide to reach out and be a friend, but other people in your circle say, turn back. You might find yourself rejected too. It's hard to do the right thing when you might have to pay a high price for it. So the Pharisees warned Jesus to turn back, and not to go to Jerusalem. Herodotary killed John the Baptist. Jesus would be next. But instead of heeding the warning, Jesus had a mission to accomplish. Threats and the likelihood of death would not turn him from his path. Regardless of the cost, he intended to do what God had called him to do. How many of us are willing to do what God calls us to do? Isn't it true we often reinterpret the will of God so that it fits more comfortably with our spiritual timidity? We squirm under the very thought of facing opposition, rejection, ridicule. So we define for ourselves a notice of faithfulness that will not seriously put us at odds with the mainstream of our cultures. Our Lord expects better of us. In the historically based movie Braveheart, William Wallace rallies the people of medieval Scotland to fight for freedom against the oppressive and much more powerful forces of England. The Scottish nobles want to come to terms with the English because they fear for their lives. Wallace, challenging them to stand firm, declares, All men die, but not all truly live. In different words, Jesus said the same thing. Some have listened and found strength to follow him. Clarence Jordan, founder of the innovative interracial community, Coimonia Farms in America, Georgia, endured much harassment, threats, and attacks. He was visiting with a minister in a less controversial church. The man gave Jordan a tour of the building. The minister showed him the lovely stained glass and beautifully designed sanctuary. Then he stepped outside and the minister lifted his arms and pointed to the huge cross atop the steeple. That cross alone cost well over $10,000, he said. You got cheated, Jordan declared. Times were when Christians could get them for free. One of the leading contemporary thinkers said, In Christianity, the cross is everything that deserves to be called Christian. The cross tells us that survival is overrated. Faithfulness to God is what matters most of all. The faithfulness of God won for us salvation. Our faithfulness, regardless of the cost, is our glad gratitude to the one to whom we owe all. Thank you for joining us today for Great News and God's Views on Free FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. 89.0 89.0 is live streamed from freefm.org.nz or tune in and now on Amazon Echo devices using the FreeFM 89 Alexa skill. We would love to hear your comments on this show. We can be contacted by email at greatnews376 at gmail.com. That is greatnews376 at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Our closing music today, Hail the Day That Sees Him Rise. Considered to be the most popular of all ascension texts in the English language worship, Hail the Day was written by Charles Wesley in ten stanzas and published in his Hymns and Sacred Poems in 1739. Hail the Day that sees him rise.